The second Austrian MotoGP for 2021 has kicked off with some quite shock news that Maverick Vinales will not be riding with the Monster Yamaha MotoGP team this weekend. A statement that was issued at uh, midday Austrian time said that Yamaha regrets to announce that his entry has been withdrawn um, due to an unexplained irregular operation of the motorcycle by the rider during last weekend's Styrian MotoGP race. Blah, blah, blah. In a nutshell, he was... The way that we understand it is he was trying to break the bike so that he could finish the race early or whatever. Well, Yamaha is saying that he's trying to. We haven't heard quite Maverick's explanation yet, I think. Well, I don't think we will for a while, but Simon's on the ground. What's the latest? So it, it the statement arrived this morning as a complete and utter bombshell. Uh, I got a hint yesterday from someone who's well-connected to say there's a story coming tomorrow that you will not believe, but I can't tell you what it is because the lawyers are involved. Um, and then, yeah, th this morning the bombshell story landed. Um, it, No one saw it coming. The entire paddock are just absolutely amazed at it. Uh, but as always with these things, whenever you get a big bombshell story sometimes, then you start putting like two and two together. Things start falling into place. So directly after the race last weekend, someone in pit lane who previously worked with Vinales texted me directly afterwards to say what happened at the end of Maverick's race. Which was actually the first time that I'd realised that Maverick hadn't finished the race because I'd fired out a tweet uh, before, like on the last lap to say... Last in Germany, second in Austria, in Austria, in Assen, last again this week. No realise, you know, thinking, ah, he's on the last lap, he's going to finish the race, because they didn't show it on TV. So then I went and looked, saw that he hadn't finished the race, listened to Maverick's debrief, and I, I texted back this person to say, you know, this is what he's saying. And they said, that's strange, when he came into pit lane, he was holding the bike on the rev limiter. Then we got the story this morning... And I started asking a few other people who'd been out on track, photographers and the like. And they said, yeah, on the last lap, Maverick was riding around, banging the rev limiter. Then we looked at the speed trap times and discovered on the last three laps he completed, he went down the start finish rate 20Ks, 25Ks an hour slower than on the rest of the previous 20 laps. Which to me sounds exactly like he was going down pit lane. In fifth gear. Uh, the main straight, in fifth gear. The main straight, sorry, yeah. in fifth yeah, gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, essentially, it seems like Maverick Vinales has tried to blow the engine on his Yamaha on purpose. Now, Yamaha said this in a statement. The only way that Yamaha have said that in a statement is if the legal team have spent longer than the PR team working on that press release. The way that libel law works, there is no way that they have said that unless they have categoric evidence backing it up. We know how much telemetry and how much deadlock and there is in a modern MotoGP bike. There's no way that he can't have expected Yamaha to find out about it. But it is just the most exceptional set of circumstances I can ever imagine. Which is why I'm absolutely staggered that these guys who know the amount of data that is recorded on the motorcycle because they pour over it end of each session, end of each night. There are three or four people just doing 
strategy, what they call strategy. We know how much throttle will give how much power in what gear, at what lean angle and at what tyre slip. That's just the basics. Never mind all the other parameters that get measured. There's nowhere to hide. It's like walking through, I don't know, CIA headquarters. There are cameras everywhere. You cannot hide. Um, how much you weigh, the bike will tell you because of the squat on the suspension off the top of my head. You know, it'll tell you everything. So the naivety in him thinking he could get away with it, that's what struck me, Val. Yeah, but I, I think the way you're approaching this is that it was semi-premeditated or at least born out of some logical reasoning. If it If it did happen as people seem to be alluding, if Maverick did in fact try to try to burn up the engine uh the way i see it if that is indeed what happened is it's the same as you know sometimes i play fifa on my playstation and the game really really angers me like really really angers me and i take my expensive ps4 controller and i chuck it against the ground i know how much money i spent on this i know i'll have to get a replacement and spend a lot of money and hassle that i do not need but in that moment i want to chuck something on the ground maverick but you paid for that yeah but i i don't i don't think about that in the moment uh, well i i have the right to smash this thing i want to smash uh <laughs> regardless but, but I, you I, own it you own it Maverick doesn't own that motorcycle. But let's not forget that not that long ago, one of the quietest, most placid people in the paddock, in the shape of John McPhee, decided to smash Jeremy Alcoba. He didn't own him either. <laughs> the red mist descends. <laughs> it's you know on the bike they're on a state of they're in a state of controlled rage basically. They're already they're pushing themselves to the very limit. In Maverick's case, that will be compounded by the fact that he had the first race start, in which went excellently, and seemed to suggest he might well be in the, in the mix for a podium. And then there was a red flag, the first start was nullified, and in the second start he just didn't get off the line, had to start from the pit lane, the race was ruined, the whole weekend of work was down the toilet, basically. I bet he spent a bunch of laps again, riding behind somebody, again feeling that he cannot overtake, because that's... That's the sort of the Vinales Yamaha modus operandi. And if, if you know, if he did what they're saying he did, then, I mean, it's probably just pure rage. I don't think it was premeditated or based off of some spite towards his employer, so much as spite towards the M1 that has ruined his life, he'll feel, for four years. Even worse, whenever you look through the results sheets, you are you're right, there was someone that he was struggling to race with, and it was Cal Crutchlow. Yeah. He can't pass. He can't pass on this bike. Yeah, in that case, I get what you're saying, Val, but I look at it, I'm a bit more in the team camp on this one, which is, you know, I've said it time and time again, you know, uh, I, I, I feel utter disrespect from somebody who is abusing the work of 150, 200 people in Japan who, as I say, quote, their annual wage is not even their pole position bonus of the rider and they work all hours God sends and one bloke who's having a bad day decides to knacker it. That doesn't wash with me and Yamaha are confident that he's done something wrong. You can re We can all reread on the website the second paragraph 
unexplained irregular operation of the motorcycle. That's, as we all know, very polite word for he's tried to knacker it. That's a multi-gazillion, that's a 60 million euro operation plus for the Japanese, probably 70 million euro operation annually, and the name and the brand, and one bloke has a bad day and decides to knacker it. That, that doesn't wash with me, and I don't think it'll wash with you, Simon. I, I'm not making excuses for him, but I understand it. Uh, we've all lost our temper, and I, I think that is what he did. At the end of the day, he didn't just sabotage the team. Um, you know, it's worth remembering that we have a finite amount of engines. Maverick knows what a pit lane start because of a blowing engine is like, because he had one last year whenever everything went peed tongue with the valves. So he knows, you know, th there were repercussions for him as well as for the team. Um, but, but in saying all of that, he has a teammate this year in the form of Fabio Quattararo, who is a kid who's a lot younger than him, who has in the past struggled with his emotions on the motorbike, but who is very, very good at staying very cool and very level-headed until the checkered flag. And that is the difference in the two of them, and that's why one's leading the championship, and one is, let's be honest, probably unemployed now. Because Vinales is not very good at managing his emotions on the motorbike. And it's going to cost him dearly. It's a not shame. And the fact that Fabio is having the career that we all thought Maverick, or the Yamaha career that we all thought Maverick was going to have, yeah. surely, surely good doesn't quote. help. Good quote. But I, I should say, I, I was also not, I was not trying to justify, if, if Maverick did do what Yamaha is saying he did, I was not trying to justify that, but he has to face the repercussions of whatever actions he took, simple as, but you, you can at least... There is something understandable in it, the way it's being portrayed right now. But yeah, that, that said, this is just a, a really, as I think Mir said in the press conference, and also I heard Zarko, I believe, say. It's just a really sad situation. The, the first thing that I, for some reason, my mind went back instantly to that first, uh, first postseason test Maverick had with, with Yamaha on the special livery bike. And how, how bright the future seemed at that point. How instantly he gelled with the M1 in, in Valencia. It, you know, they've been through a lot of nadirs. Also a lot of good moments. Ultimately, uh, Maverick has more wins with, with Yamaha than some of the Premier Class World Champions have with any bike. Uh, they're not, they've not been a total failure, but this, this cements that that time and that stint this officially cements its legacy as a, as a failure and that's you know, there's something sad about that i think the the other question is you know would it have ended would he have done what he did if he hadn't broken contract already with them uh, i don't know and i don't i don't know if he would or not i i think that would probably have been enough to have prevented him from uh from doing what he did but then again i don't know if he was thinking rationally at the moment that's the that's the thing. I think that was complete irrational chimp brain in action. We must remind our listeners that when he was in Moto3, we were uh, two or three races before the end of the season in 2012, if I remember well. He had a technical chance of the championship and he had a falling out with the team. Simon, I think you know a bit more of the ins and outs about it. I can't remember. And he jumped on the plane and went home from Malaysia and had to be talked from Spain back 
to Australia for the following weekend. Yeah, he he basically uh, the team was also man was managed by the guy who was also his personal manager at the time, a guy called uh, Richard Hove, who is now a Spanish TV commentator. He Maverick believed that he had better Moto three offers for the following year that he'd reject that he'd never found out about because his personal manager wanted him right for the team that he managed. Uh, and whenever Maverick found out about it, he just went home, which you know is is very much in the same vein as what he's done this week, ten years later. Yeah, yeah. What does this mean for for Vinales? Is is he dead in the water, or will people forgive and forget by the time we get to Malaysia Test next year, or is he going to be on an Aprilia next week? If he was in the verge of signing a contract with any one of the other five manufacturers, four manufacturers at MotoGP, I would say there are serious question marks being asked about his future. However, I think Aprilia are a little bit desperate. They're a little bit eager. They have a little bit of history here. Let's not forget this is the team that wanted to bring Andrea Iannone back in the middle of a doping suspension that he was the most clear-cut thing I've ever seen. So I think that their, their drive to succeed will allow them to forget what they will class as a minor transgression last week. And and maybe they'll get a slightly better offer now because it might have knocked a few hundred thousand euros off his contract. Uh, maybe he signed the contract already. Let's not forget that. That is Before also the possible. Weekend. That, that is, is also, completely but I don't, possible. I don't think so because uh, Aprilia boss Massimo Rivola wasn't here last weekend and hasn't arrived yet today. So I don't know... Could have signed it in the summer. There is this. There is this. But I, I, I don't think it's signed yet. I don't think it's signed yet. But I, I, I do think that, that you know it will largely be forgotten. People do forget. You know, um, uh, you know the the, 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 um, the Zarco incident, swearing and effing and jeffing live on TV in front of Stefan Pira, the boss of KTM. Didn't go down well. He was cast into the wilderness and here he is second in the world championship on a quote customer bike. The fairy tale is coming full circle. And as you know, gentlemen, all I want him to do is to win a Grand Prix and I'll be happy this year because I think he deserves it. Um, Will he win the world championship on a level playing field? Not at the moment. So we can move on. Kaczynski did the same thing at Aston on the 250. Finished the race, blew it up. He won a Grand Prix before the end of the year on a Kajiva. So, you know, people do move on and forget. Um, it's happened in four-wheel sport. Valent, you, you will know the Dan Tinktum story. Uh, so we don't need to go into that. But Simon's nodding his head. He knows about that. So, yeah. Um, and even then, he's dropped the ball again in the last week, 10 days with Williams. And he's been fired immediately. So you've got to be hyper-professional in everything you do, not least of all when you're on the motorcycle. Val? Yeah, I should say, uh, I think we're not entirely clear as to what exactly Tickton was was fired for exactly, but he does have a history of causing some controversy. And I think that also will apply to, in, in a different way, that will also apply to Maverick Vinales, knowing that I don't think this ends his career or anything, but it's a strike. It, it, it adds to his rap sheet, if you will. I think we're all about in agreement that it's more serious than what Zarco did at KTM. Correct. But less, but less serious than the Romano Finati uh, road rage incident. 
I, yeah, I think that's that's about right. Uh, Yamaha said that his actions could have potentially caused significant damage to the engine and could have caused serious risks to the rider himself and possibly posed a danger to all the other riders. So that's that's serious, but it's not, you know, it's not career-ender serious. And I, I do expect that Aprilia will forgive and forget. And I don't, I don't think they'll be wrong to. I had completely forgotten about this until I read that line. But 12 months ago, uh, world champion Juan Mir was complaining bitterly here about how dangerous Maverick Vinales was for riding around with brake failure and what a danger it presented to the other riders. That that was like, ooh, yeah. The bigger question for me, rather than the, the, the whole Vinales future, is the Yamaha future. Um, because there's a question mark now about what they do. I can't see a way back for Vinales. Um, the only person today who expressed anything along those lines was Valentino Rossi, but I just can't see it. Um, so for me, there's a question mark about what happens next. And the obvious answer is put Franco Morbidelli on the bike. Keep Cal Crutchlow at Petronas Yamaha for the rest of the season instead of sticking him in the factory bike. They have to replace him. The, the MotoGP rules say that they have 10 days to replace him. Just move Franco right away. I'm guessing the, the, the obvious solution, and I, I don't see any point in putting whatever happened, whatever data you have, that the Vinales-Yamaha relationship must be broken beyond repair at this point. I think the problem with Morbidelli being unfit is that you have at least one one weekend where you have to figure that out. But I think Crutchlow to the work spike, Gar Gerloff to the Patronus-Yamaha, I think that probably, that probably solves it. We will see about Gerloff. Uh, they will work that out. At the end of the day, you touched on it at the beginning. The lawyers are so confident they're going to win this. That's why they've fired him from this weekend and fired him, question mark, from the rest of the 2021 season. And the Yamaha lawyers are bigger and better, you have to believe, than the Vinales lawyers here and now, which is why they put out this press release. It'll all come out in the wash. Then, interesting, about an hour later, we got the press release, which was the preview from Monster Energy Yamaha for the Grand Prix uh, this coming weekend in Austria, Austria 2. One rider, one quote, uh, Merigali, no mention of anything else. It was, I had to read it three times. I thought, have I missed something? No, yeah. they, are, they are proper not impressed. And they're going to win because they're bigger than the rider. Uh, the rider is the employee, so yeah, he's in uh, he's in big doodah. Simon Patterson, Valentin Harunchi, and from myself, Toby Moody, we've had a quick chat about where Maverick Vinales is going to go from here. What a day! What a press release! What was he up to? Speak to you after Austria two. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>